0: welcome to episode 19. Check out what you can expect this week.
1: Was that supposed to be your Batman voice? I, you know, it's just as bad as
0: Christian Bales was.
1: I so. mean, I guess, yeah. It wasn't as gravelly. It was, it was like Batman on a day that he took a lozenge. Thankfully, language is not scuba diving. It is not scuba diving. Although, I will point out, people learn some weird stuff on YouTube, man. So it is, there is... <laughs> Response. Well, in an online course too, you can leverage other things while you're in the waiting time, like the waiting space. I mean, like right. now it would be kind of cool to—you got me thinking of some ideas of what would it look like to like take an idea of what happens on a Snapchat and like say like schedule times in an online class where you can literally send stuff to the instructor and they will right. send it back within a certain time frame. It's time, time for the high tech podcast, I'm joined by Josh and Will and will yeah surprise and a new host just joking it's still <gasps> the two of us where
0: is he he's not on zoom is he <laughs> or her
1: surprise or yeah i mean it could be yeah absolutely it could be any, anybody um no welcome Another week high tech podcast higher education educational technology podcast where we talk about tools conversations have some fun make fun of each other do whatever we do welcome no, we to another never week, guys. Make fun of each other That's we're
0: so nice true. to each other we
1: are we are very we are very nice people anyway welcome another week guys um excited about this week i think we got some great conversations to jump into but before we do like we've been doing we have a question to just kind of you know fun kind of icebreaker question for our podcast right so here here's the question guys okay what is the most uncomfortable language we we said faux pas we sound really fancy saying that Um, language faux pas um that you've ever made like right like a language misunderstanding you know what i mean um what has been the most uncomfortable one for you
0: where at the end of it you just
1: like oh did i do that yes I'm so sorry. you cringe a little bit if you're listening to the episode right now you know you've you've seen it uh,
0: see i have two episodes uh Two, two episodes, episodes? <laughs> it's that kind of day we're
1: doing two in <laughs> one yeah <laughs> i can't it's that's where i've been two all day. episodes
0: i have two instances that come to okay. mind and literally okay. i'm not even sure i'm going to be able to say the one because it's just so <laughs> bad it's so embarrassingly bad but it's authentic so we'll see okay okay so so for me i've i've got i've got two i think you said you had two earlier yeah, I have two. so I have maybe two. i'll do one you Apparently, do one or something like yeah that. yeah my okay. one
1: is really short, so I might share the one short one then the longer one.
0: Perfect. So the first, okay. the first one that I'm that I'm comfortable saying is is pretty simple. I mean, I worked in a kitchen, uh, I worked in a restaurant and and I, and I had a good group of guys in the kitchen who most of them spoke Spanish. And um, at that time in my life, I spent a lot of uh, time watching anime, which what? is done in Japanese, not Spanish.
1: Yeah. That is that's true, except for maybe Spanish-dubbed versions of anime.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those. Which is um, very common.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I was learning a lot of Japanese. I was learning to count in Japanese. I was learning okay. basic phrases. I loved listening to it, clearly, while I was watching all the animes, etc. Yeah. And, and one night, I walk in... But I was also, like... I think I was in college, uh, community college or whatever. I was learning some mm-hmm. Spanish. I was taking Spanish classes. So, I had it in my mind, like, if I heard Spanish... I should try to speak it. You know what I mean? Like, I was like,
1: (laughs) do my best.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I walk into the kitchen. The guys are doing something. And they turn and they ask me something in Spanish, which I believe I understood. But whatever dumb thing switched off in my brain, I spoke Japanese back to them.
1: Ah! Naturally.
0: And... (laughs) That just like everyone's looking at each other. It was like a Mexican yeah. standoff. I mean, I hate to say that, but it was just—it like, oh, was truly. Like, we all just looked at each other, like you said something in a language I didn't understand. I yeah. said something in a language you didn't understand, and we're all screwed.
1: Because <laughs> that's what you do when you hear Spanish. You go, eh, Japanese. It's close, right? Just another language. Just basically the same thing. Not going to speak
0: the one you spoke to me or the one yeah. I speak natively. I'm just going to speak spoke
1: Spanish. A, you must know Japanese. A different one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> don't
1: you <laughs> yeah, obviously hey i can count to 10 in japanese oh there you go yeah oh yeah yeah. Martial, martial arts they made you they made you learn how to count to 10 in japanese that's all i got i can't go any farther than that
0: i can count to 39 in korean
1: really okay
0: but i don't know what 40 is so i'm done like Ooh. the system's actually really easy it's like 10 1 10 2 10 3 okay. 10 f- you yeah, know so if you know anybody's 10, listening
1: right now this is how you mess with will you 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 do something that requires him to say 40 and in.
0: <laughs> yeah if you say 40 i'll give you a million dollars oh dang it there goes my million dollars
1: okay and suddenly so... batman is
0: the person who had my million dollars
1: <laughs> was that supposed to be your batman voice
0: I, you know it's just as bad as christian bales was i so. mean i guess
1: yeah it wasn't as gravelly it was yeah. it was like batman on a day that he took a lozenge yeah <laughs> like that that's good that was, that's good that was batman okay anyway mine okay so i have two i'm gonna tell one short one okay and then uh, another one so my first one has to do with spanish as well okay so i took three years of spanish in high school i think something like that um but i didn't pay attention uh if you've heard my story folks in this podcast you know that younger high school josh was not the josh he is today and so i did not pay attention during spanish i basically took it because i didn't want to take latin or french and this one seemed like i'd get some good food out of it so that was like that was the that was the the call which was a poor mistake because i don't really like spanish food anymore um so maybe (laughs) this is why but anyway so like i learned it and i knew some like basic phrases but i was horrible for somebody who had taken three years of spanish anyway fast forward i go to disney with my family okay I'm in high school, and we are in um, the Mexico, like, ride thing. So if anybody's ever been there, it's like a pyramid, and you, like, you go in, and you feel like you're, like, inside Mexico. It's, like, it's this whole thing. And so we're there with my younger sisters, and there's this slightly attractive, um, the person working there, okay? Um, And she starts talking in Spanish, and I thought I was going to be cool. So I was, like, she, like, asked me how I was doing, and I think – I. I'm going to mess this up. But I think like I would still be able to respond enough to say, like, Como Astasi 2 or something, like the basic right, Spanish. Right, right. But I had nothing else. Okay? Nothing. Okay? That was, that was the stopping point. Okay? <laughs> and so she started going off in Spanish. And I was like, <laughs> like yeah. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I got and caught. So she, she stopped talking and just, like, looked at me. Clearly she had asked me a question. And I had no idea what to do. So I got up. And walked away. That was like that was That's amazing. That was my reaction. Okay, and then number two uh, does not directly involve me, but I did a trip to Israel and we had an issue where uh something had happened in the bathroom at one of the places we were at, and nobody quite knew what happened, but uh all of a sudden this guy who worked there started yelling at us in Hebrew, um, and uh none of us knew what to say because we didn't speak Hebrew. Um and so we're just like standing awkwardly in a bathroom with an old uh man yelling at us in Hebrew like he was like we had just ruined everything. Wow. And I still to this day have no idea what happened. It was the most awkward thing. Oh, no we, like just we just like slinked out of the bathroom and like went to our bus. Like Tried for all I hide. know somebody could have died and he thought we killed them. I have no idea what <laughs> wow I don't know, like, <laughs> that's
0: not the scenario you want a misunderstanding
1: <laughs> no you know and not in israel um so like yeah so those are those are my two uh both involve wow. me not you know
0: well i guess i guess i got i gotta do mine then because i i'd say that they might be you know on par with the embarrassing level okay. so so uh, again in another kitchen scenario i was doing a catering job
1: wow you got a lot of these
0: and I was trying to speak to some of the uh, kitchen staff who spoke Spanish. Okay. And I was asking, I was like, I think I was like just playing the game. Like, this is called what? That's called this. Like, you know, like literally what is all the food called? You know, that's yeah. around us. So we're just talking, we're chatting on maybe I'm doing dishes or something. And I point over to this big um, thing of shrimp. And I ask in Spanglish, isn't that called shrimp? However, the word I used for shrimp, for whatever reason, was not shrimp. I don't know how, I don't know how the syllables, I don't know where this word came from, but I, I speak the words in Spanish and they all start laughing and kind of like knee slapping and like pointing at me and I'm just sitting there like, what did I say? Like, I yeah. I, I believe I just asked you, that's called shrimp, right? And they're dying. It turns out I said the word for homosexual. Oh. So I literally pointed at this big thing of shrimp and said, those are homosexuals, right? <laughs> That's what I got. That's what I did. It was quite embarrassing.
1: I mean, it could have always been worse. It could have been Japanese.
0: Well, um. you know, <laughs> I just didn't, I wasn't trying to be offense. I just, it's I just know. what happened. And it, it happens, really you know? it got me, you know,
1: which is why it's important to sometimes learn other languages. Well. <laughs> Did you, did you know that? Wait, really? Yeah. yeah. And, and you how know, you know a place that you can learn other languages? Uh, in the supermarket? No. Well, I mean, maybe, in theory, um, depending on what sign you're looking at. Um, you might know how to say mango in Spanish. Um, I'd prefer
0: to know that. <laughs> surprise. <than> to... <laughs> it's
1: not the same word as shrimp. Um, so, um, no, you can also learn language on the interwebs (gasps) online you did it i did it i just did a will i did a will transition you pulled it in i did yeah i did exactly right so this is uh, you know we're not hiding this guys okay conversation right um well how do we teach language online so we talked a lot about different things in this podcast um we figured this would be a good topic to to kind of just you know shoot the breeze about talk about a little bit um especially because like Will here has a decent amount of experience with talking about this topic and like your (laughs) backgrounds in this area. Um, and so like, I think you've a lot to share too. I have some stuff I can, I can uh, throw in here as well. Um, but let's talk about it. This is like, uh, like
0: this is an intersection of interest. So my undergraduate was in teaching English to speakers of other languages and the process of doing that undergraduate, I had to, you know, I, we did a class where we literally used four different programs, four different systems you know, including the very famous Rosetta Stone, but um, three others as well, to learn Japanese. You know, there we go. Some more Japanese and Will's life. Not, but
1: not Spanish, in case not, anybody was curious. Not, not the same Spanish, thing. No.
0: Um, so that undergraduate experience is, is just, I loved it. I love teaching English to folks, but I also love learning about language, linguistics, how um, how to learn language, what what we believe happens psychologically with the brain and things like that. But uh, now, you, you know, Josh and my background in the online, the internet space of, of online instruction, educational technology, etc. You know, this big question of how do we teach language online? There's a lot of folks who might say you can't do it. Because language acquisition requires a lot of practice, a lot of speaking, listening, um, you know, we, we joked about the supermarket right but like there's plenty of uh, classroom activities where uh you know college spanish instructors will tell the students to go to a local you know spanish uh, mar- market mercado and and try and buy stuff you know here's five bucks go get these ingredients and and make yourself dinner tonight i don't know like weird activity but um if you don't have that like i guess incarnational ex- approach that face-to-face approach how do we do this it's a big, it's a big question, because if you don't have tools in place to help the students speak, write, read, uh, and listen, how do you know they're learning? Right? If I just put up a bunch of language stuff on the on the land, yeah, the learning management system, they're not just going to read it and you know that they now speak Spanish, right? Like they're going to have to actually, you know. Produce some speech, listen back to it, improve their speaking, pronunciation, read some stuff, write some stuff. Like they've got to have all four of those kind of elements going uh, throughout the experience. And and more traditionally, like I remember my Spanish language classroom, there was a good amount of like write it in the textbook. You know, there's worksheets. Yeah, there's gonna little uh, you know drawn pictures of of supermarkets and drawn pictures of shopping malls and stuff like that and then let's do choral response so the teacher would stand up at the front me s and then we all have to say me s and and like you're saying it back and forth to one another and they you kind of just assume that that's how we get language well frankly if you think about kids and, and ch- children who learn language they never once learn that way right and, yeah. and and we as native english speakers don't learn our native language that way but there's a whole group of theory I won't go into about second language acquisition. that's like speaks to the fact of growing up and learning that language. A lot of it just comes from repetition, 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 the parrot, the parroting experience.
1: So, yeah, I mean, like it's the, you know, my background's not in the space, so I don't have a bunch of things to throw in to say, like, here's all the theory behind it. Um, But I will, I will throw in this that just like, yeah, I mean, like if you look at how people learn, language like yes okay parents who will be like saying words you know please say daddy before you say mommy you know uh but over time really right it's it's this idea of like the repetition it's this idea of what's coming and and sure speaking it i think is a major part you know they're obviously hearing people speak um and picking it up um still amazed by the words that children will pick up uh that they hear um but um and
0: and they'll say like with with new parents one of the biggest indicators you got to watch for with your with your children during certain developmental stages is speech because it's going to indicate things it'll, it'll indicate if they can hear you know one of those things if a student if a kid can't start to speak at the right age they might not be able to hear yeah also they might have de- developmental like brain based issues if they can't speak or produce you know in- intelligible language that's a big indicator right if they can't hear that means they're not Le- they're not getting language in. They're not able to kind of process it and get language back out, which is which is all it is like when when you actually sit down and go over um, Me llamo es, it it's, it's three sounds. Me llamo es. Like three words. It doesn't mean anything if we didn't have Spanish. It, it, it's just sounds, right? But mm-hmm. we start to put those together, you know, time and time and time again. And that's how even how language comes together. That's how new words get made. People say them enough uh, ginormous. Yeah. Ginormous is not a an age-old English word. Ginormous came into the English dictionary in the 2000s because of Elf. Right? The yeah. movie Elf. So, those kinds of things. I mean, I, I get nerdy about all the, the theory going on with this stuff. Yeah. But
1: oh Well, so do I. I totally stay up every night um, doing that. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay. Big question, right? So, what does it look like to actually do this, then? Like, that's that's what we're trying to talk about, right? So, what does it actually look like to teach language online? Because... For those of you who may say it's not possible, um, I would say uh, <laughs> that's odd because it seems to be happening in a bunch of places. Um, so uh, either they're lying or there are some ways to actually do this. Okay,
0: well, it's it's. I really appreciate that question that way too, Josh. Because during the pandemic, the early months of the pandemic, I I led a workshop called "You Can't Teach That," right? Okay. and the idea of it, of course, was. Well, you can. um, You know, there's a lot of faculty in the early days of pandemic that were struggling. Like, how do I teach engineering, mathematics, painting, clay, uh, you know, sculpture? Like, the, yeah, okay. There's some really difficult. Yeah. Literally, literally, in March of 2020, we had someone walk into our center's little command center, like, to to get some help at that time, and he said, you know, I know you've helped everybody. I think you know, think you can help me, but I teach scuba diving, and and we're just, okay. Yep. Well, everybody's hands went up, and we're just like, okay, um, we don't know, we don't know. Hold, please take a ticket. We will get back to you. How do we teach scuba diving online? Thankfully, language is not scuba diving. It is
1: not scuba diving. Although I will point out, people learn some weird stuff on YouTube, man. So it is there is <laughs> like now I'm not scuba diving. That's a whole other topic. That's another episode. But like, yeah. So like, question, right? What I think you and I were talking about this before the episode, right? I think when we talk about this, one of the ways I like to address these issues when someone says like, how do I do this? Or how do I do that? Um, especially when we're talking like the big topic of like, how do you teach this online? Not just like, how do I teach this specific type of thing? It's a big question. How do I teach language in general? How do I teach scuba diving in general? That's going to stick with me for a while. Um, yeah. So, uh, but like, I think the question is like, what is to me, what does the week to week look like? Right? Yeah. Like, so for somebody who's coming in, what does the week to week look like for teaching language online? Like, let's say, you know, teaching Spanish online. Um, those of you who uh have heard my background where I connect with this the most is I learned Hebrew and Greek. Um, not to speak it, uh thankfully. Um, but uh <laughs> I learned right. <laughs> I, yeah, I learned it uh to read and write. So like um, I learned that through an online program, um, and so I have some context there. But, like, what does it look like, right, yeah. week to week to do this?
0: Well, and that's that's actually – I'm glad you brought up the, the Greek and Hebrew because I want to make the early distinction here that there's two elements to language. I I, I believe there's two broad elements to language that we, we need to address when you are learning it, right? There's fluency and there's literacy. And this may just be me making the distinction. I'm not an expert linguistic linguist, but – with fluency it's this idea like being able to generate language being able to speak being able to write right we want to be able to do that kind of extemporaneously the fact that josh and i don't have a script right now is fluency we are fluent in speaking english we are both interpreting enough right we're both we're both creating messages and receiving messages and and understanding them and being able to respond without errors We, we we're not confused okay don't look at me like that. We're not too confused <laughs> when we talk to one another uh, with, with English, right? While literacy is definitely more this focus of being able to like read, write, comprehend language. Like literacy is a space where Josh is probably literate in Greek. He is literate in Hebrew. He can read it, he can interpret it. If he has some stumbling blocks, he can go he can get some reference material, he can find new vocabulary words he doesn't understand like easy he is literate in Greek and yeah. Hebrew. Yeah. Unless things. unless you've slid, you know, who knows. I've
1: maybe slid off a little bit.
0: Um but we'll... <laughs> but he's not necessarily. He would I I don't think he would ever claim to be uh, fluent in them. He can't speak no. them at all. He's, Especially you know...
1: cuz I'm the one that's biblical Hebrew, so that's like that's not a thing people just like talk anymore, you know. It's not a, It's a little dead. <laughs> it's a little it's not a conversation starter. Um <laughs> so um you know, it's uh yeah, no. But
0: sure. now, when we come to teaching online in a weekly experience, I think we need to focus in those two spaces. So, traditional learning experiences like quizzes, like workbooks, like labs, kind of ex- all are good. I think we should use those online. Like you should be able to, um, you know, in in Spanish one, you should probably have most of your narrative in English. Like what are like like if students are reading something, it should be reading it in English. With then. The words they need to be learning, or the syntax, the sentence structure they need to be learning in Spanish, right? There's certain things you start to show them as models in Spanish, but like the early student acquisition, you're going to use a lot of the what you'd call the 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 L1, the first language, and then introduce examples of the L2, the second language. But what you lose in online, most people think they immediately lose in online. That I think the pandemic remind us we can have. Is fluency practice the ability to be on Zoom or things like that, or use tools like VoiceThread to do like, or Canvas Studio or Edpuzzle if you do recordings, or like there's so many ways you could get yeah. like audio video interaction. General
1: video audio tools, right? Right. Okay, the, right. The, the, that type of usage.
0: Skype for business if you're so unfortunate to be um, belabored uh, by that. Yeah, Whatever you can there. Is.
1: Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's plenty of other options, people. Right, okay. right.
0: So a week would look like, you know, the overview, hopefully, um, one or two narrative pieces that are going to tell them either a video of the instructor speaking over and talking through this or just text-based instruction, where, again, there's some primary stuff in the L1, the first language, the, the if you're, Josh and I, you know, English, and then there are examples and the new stuff to learn in the L2, in Josh, in my case, Spanish, right? So the idea being that they get a little bit of it on the front end, and then as they as they get to the initial learning content, they're introduced almost immediately to practice quizzes. And those practice quizzes should be maybe 10 to 15 questions. Um, They should have more than one. They should be able to take them more than once. But I would almost even more specifically say they should be completely randomized. So each time a student takes them, they get 10 different questions, right? Because if I just see the same question over and over, yellow is what? Amarillo. Like if I just see that, I'm not learning that yellow is amarillo. I'm I'm memorizing the answer to that question. Yellow is amarillo. You know, that's not that kind of memorization isn't helpful to fluency long term. But if I see that yellow is amarillo amarillo, like every six times I take the the quiz, it's gonna call back to what my memory should have as that association with those two words. And and soon enough my hope is that through the first half of an online class, you are getting to almost all instruction in Spanish. Like, I think the latter half of Spanish 1 should be all in Spanish. Spanish 2, for instance, and I'm just speaking broadly, but Spanish 2, like, everything, every week, all the instruction should be in Spanish. All the all the narrative from the instructor should be in Spanish. Because, really, the, the thing that's going to be hardest for those students in the online context early on is discomfort, uh, anxiety, fear. I don't understand this. I don't know how to understand this. I'm confused, right? We want to stop that from happening in the first few weeks of a Spanish course by providing them English, right? Let let them have their L1 or their 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 native language for a little bit and then slowly or we'd say in educational terms scaffold out the English and build towards doing only Spanish language instruction but there's got to be a mix there's going to be a lot of those quizzes which is great but there's got to be some time for them to speak and hear a native <laughs> speaker because you know even if they're just even if you do do recordings like um, como estas you know you just report record that over and over como estas como estas and the students are sitting there and doing that in their quizzes um, como esta usted is different than como estas but it's the it means the same thing if you translate but como esta usted is a formal version of how are you. Well, and that formal version is used in certain dialects and in certain regions, right? So we, that kind of stuff is the instructional stuff that we have to build in there somehow. And I think yeah. there's there's a lot of room to say that should be done in a Zoom class or instructional videos, for instance.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think the point here, right, is like if I'm taking some stuff out of what you're saying as a person who, um, I've not had to design any language courses. I don't, that's not my background. Um, I like the and so for me I think how I would kind of comment on it is that it's the the comment often that like you can't teach language online for instance is I think just a misrepresentation of what's there like what do you do in in real classes well there is there's feedback there's sure. audio there's visual you know there's practice all of that can be done online it just looks slightly different. Right. It's like, it's a slightly different experience. It takes maybe a little bit more effort to think through. The, the piece that I think is always the struggle in online is that um, you do lose some of that. There's, there's without intentionality, it can be easy for someone to get lost um, because they will, you know, fall behind or they won't know, but that can happen in a real class too. Um, It's not like it just only happens in online um so i think it's just like it's thinking through how you combine for me i think it's thinking through how you combine audio visual and practice and how you scaffold out the well to your point how you scaffold out the english and what does it look like to do that um i think the other thing to remember is too like even if you're in a certain everybody's in different circumstances right so like your online course may actually have you know live synchronous sessions um which is great um the uh but if you can't even do that um it is helpful i think sometimes to be like hey let's set up a process for students to like let's have check-ins with students right um how can you set up uh use tools like zoom and video conferencing tools to actually schedule times with students each week that can be daunting depending on how large your class is online um (laughs) but it can be like it can be realistic. I mean, like it's not unheard of. I think if you take a look at some of the companies who are doing this type of stuff out of normal education, who are doing like um, language lessons online, like let's reverse it for those who English is not their first language and they're learning English. There's a lot of programs and things that are trying to teach them English online. Um, and the ways they're doing it are they're having very connected, like tutoring happening one on one connections like one on one. And then they're doing practices. They're doing some of this combined stuff. So your practice quiz doesn't just have to be multiple choice questions. It can be a phrase and they have to fill in the blanks and you know pick from certain options. Maybe your scaffolding, in my opinion, looks like the first handful of quizzes are literally here's the Spanish. Here's some options for words in the English make the sentence you know like you can do that in quizzes right you can throw that in and you scaffold it out to the point where maybe they lose the english after a certain point and it's just like here's the spanish right, right. um you can have them with video tools record responses it doesn't always have to be you tutoring one-on-one you can leverage some of those things i love leveraging like audio clips in quizzes too like throwing in audio of the word um instead of just writing it out like i i, I just think there's so many Multimedia and visual options for what you can do in an online course—that, from hmm. what you're talking about, could be leveraged well in language acquisition. It, it doesn't have to be. And, you know, and, and
0: something, something we've kind of skirted around, but we haven't said explicitly that I think is really important. Like, a, there's a lot of assumptions with the traditional language teaching experience in a classroom. That we would immediately kind of look at online and say like that's not possible and it comes back to time Right a lot of people kind of feel that like if I'm doing choral response Or if I'm gonna have a conversation with the students it needs to happen while I'm there, right? You and I are talking right now, so you can respond immediately to anything I say so I'm gonna ask the class Como estas and they're gonna sit there and go estoy bien, y tu? You know and and that's gonna be this choral thing and it's got to happen live time. I'm sorry We've got Snapchat today. Like, not literally suggesting necessarily chat Snapchat for, for Classroom, but people get on Snapchat all the time and, like, quickly send each other a quick video like, Hey, wh- how you feeling? Oh, not too bad. Cool. Well, have a nice day. Okay, cool. Like, it's asynchronous, right? But they could do it at the same time. And I think there's a lot of things to be said for online learning. You can have all those conversations, all those core responses you ever had face-to-face synchronously, online asynchronously, we have the tools to do it so you just have to kind of become comfortable with the fact that like time it doesn't have to be immediate it can have there can be time yeah. between your well, responses. In an
1: online course too, you can leverage other things while you're in the waiting time like the waiting space i mean like right. now it would be kind of cool to you got me thinking of some ideas of what would it look like to like take an idea of what happens on a snapchat and like say like scheduled times in an online class where you can literally send stuff to the instructor and they will right. send back within a certain time frame um well like and, that and be... my
0: wife uses with a couple of her friends marco polo like i don't i don't know i've never used snapchat i've yeah, never used marco that polo up. That's not real. but marco no, polo sure. <laughs> is a is a video to video chat system and you literally just record however long you want and send that video over to them and then when you get it you can either watch it live or you can watch it later and then you record video back yeah. you can even like record video while you're watching it so that it's like con contextual i i don't know it's a whole thing yeah but those are the kinds of tools that make me believe like No, language, learning, online, easy. You can do this.
1: And I had stuff like that. Like I would read, you know, Greek courses. I would read that out in a a, a video. Now there was more lag time because of the way it was set up. But then that, you know, instructor was good about it. He would respond back. Uh, He would record a video. He would literally play back what I had played in his video um and uh, he would just talk about it like he would say hey you know where you did this maybe you know tweak this like the the point is is that yes there may be some more lying time and online in some spaces depending on the tech that you have available to you but the reality is this you can still do that while having other things happening like yeah. practice quizzes or worksheets that they're doing it's just i think it's organization and timing and using a mixture of audio visual and practice um and to your point scaffolding out like if we're talking about just like principles that could come into here based on what you're talking about, I'm I'm picking up on those things, right? Is um, organization, audiovisual, practice, and um, oh my gosh, I forgot the last one. I was I was throwing in there. Um, oh my gosh, what <laughs> scaffolding, doing? scaffolding, yeah, yeah scaffolding yeah. out the English, like <laughs> scaffolding, getting them co- starting with comfort. And I call this we've been in our area. A lot have been using these terms recently because of what we're doing in, like, learning experience. Um, I call this, like, the video game principles. Like, I've been picking this up a little bit. Um, where, like, video games do a really good job of this type of stuff. Where, like, if yeah. you're a gamer, you play video games, they're really good at, like, putting on the the training wheels really early on. And then, like, slowly taking things away. Um, and bringing in audio, visual stuff to... to you know to a point that sometimes can be annoying you would be like i already know this um but like <laughs> using those stuff. principles online listen that shapes people people learn things from that so to say you can't learn language from that type of stuff i just think is like i'm not trying to be mean in this area but i just think it's like it's it's underestimating what happens in an online space currently yeah um which is that like people learn things
0: <laughs> a good um, a good friend good and bad and... <laughs> a good friend of mine, Glenn Irvin, um, has a whole series on Minecraft for education uh, where he teaches Minecraft. He teaches Spanish through Minecraft. And I'm like, dude, that's that's it, right? Like, if you can do that, you can do anything. Now, if it's not Minecraft, if it's not an online education context, if you don't have an instructional designer, here's um, a very simple transition this week to the application for our conversation. I'm not going to try and make this too funny.
1: Oh, that was, yeah, it wasn't even um, fancy.
0: Duolingo is a really great tool for language acquisition that can help stand in the gap, right? One of the things that makes an online course very difficult regardless of the content is development, creating quizzes, questions, creating stuff in the LMS, creating long-term videos and, you know, like that.
1: Yeah, all that stuff can be difficult.
0: That takes a lot of effort, a lot of time. Duolingo is a great tool that has a ton, of, you know, a ton of languages in there. Spanish was one of the first languages, so it's it's really, really detailed. It's really good. They continue to add more languages. They continue to get more resources to make those languages better. There's Japanese. There's Farsi. There's there's oh, yeah, German. they have a bunch of stuff.
1: I was just in there earlier. They got Hebrew in there. I mean, it's not like ancient it's, Hebrew. It's like modern Hebrew. It's yeah. modern Hebrew, but they they have a bunch
0: of stuff in there. This tool, though, I've used it myself on a number of occasions to like brush up on my Spanish to dig into, like, when I get curious about how another language is pronounced or how it sounds, right, it's it's really easy to sign up for free, get it on your phone anywhere you are, you can get it on the desktop, laptop, etc., uh, but it is, it's just one of the best examples of what I'd say probably two big things, um, quality content, right, they put a lot of time into the language, into the, into the examples, etc., there's just quality content in it, it does utilize kind of game-based learning um, strategies. So there's points, there's streaks, there's daily reminders, there's certain motivational elements like that. Um, And specifically, you know, it gives you in those the opportunities to read, write, listen, and speak, which is really important. There's four literacies in language acquisition. And if you can read well, but you can't write, like that's, you, you know, you're not doing well enough. You can read and comprehend, but you need to be able to write to create your own thoughts. And so, yeah. uh, Duolingo walks you through all those different challenges. And then, it, my my last and most favorite thing that it, that it does, freak, you know, with frequency, is it interleaves language. So interleaving is this experience that if I've learned something in lesson one, that it will randomly and helpfully remind you of that content from lesson one in lesson three. Right. So you'll be in the middle of a lesson three quiz. You maybe you learned about colors in lesson one, and now you're talking, learning about the the names for different, you know, clothing, for instance, right? And so you're learning la ropa, you're learning, you know, los blue jeans. I always love that one. That's an easy one. Los blue jeans. Right. What are (laughs) those? We're testing
1: the amount of Spanish you know by the amount of times you're using it.
0: Exactly. (laughs) But then in the middle of those, you know, clothing names, it'll be like, what is the word for yellow? like you have to pull that back up out of lesson one and so interleaving is something duolingo does really well in lesson one you get content in lesson two you get content and then it will randomly and helpfully pull that content back up in lessons five six ten unit two etc like it never lets you lose the words and the fluency you've gained from past languages and that's something that in a in a classroom context a teacher has to do a lot of work to make sure that that's happening Duolingo has already built the content out, and is really it's really good in that that context.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like the. Uh, again, I have a little less experience with this tool, other than I know it exists and I've played around with it some. Um, I uh, I am always impressed. I think though with the amount of like your point, like they have a lot of content in there for free, um, and I like how they break it up by different levels of like la- like language learning, like beginner intermediate stuff like that. Yeah. And I will say, like any of these tools, I think one of their places that uh, it can struggle with is that like your point like getting to the fluency side of things um is a struggle for those areas but i will say um even like the the your point about some of the like uh progress stuff that they have in there normally i'm like i'm a person who somebody says the word gamification or something like that and my eyes roll um because <laughs> i'm like oh yeah cool um so uh but uh like i i i like the way they do it in this space because i do think there's like there's Sometimes a struggle in language can be that you don't feel like you're making progress. Right. And this is an area that I feel like some of that, like that those progress techniques that are pulled from games can help. As long as they're tied to actual achievement in the language. Right. They can help you kind of like concretely feel like you've achieved something. Um like I, I like that. I used to use a tool that was like a note card tool. When I was learning Hebrew and Greek and it did something similar, which would be like if I was getting things right or wrong, it would keep that count. And I like to know how much I was getting right um, because I was like, once I get a certain point, I can stop um, <laughs> and right. move well, on and to the, something gamification,
0: else. the gamification elements at Starbucks are that you, you, know, you, you keep going, you keep buying, you get free stuff, right? And, yeah. and the gamification elements in video games are you get new equipment. In, in language acquisition, it needs to be proving to you. It needs the yeah. person who's learning needs to be proved that they're learning. Like, yeah, I, you know, you wanna you want someone to be able to like walk away
1: from the Duolingo experience and be like, no, I think I actually have, I think I could speak some yeah. Spanish. You know, yeah, the confidence is a, is a piece, and that's why like I love you know, where I think Duolingo can fit in well is like it can be a good tool for you to take and get some like good interactive like practice quizzing into what you're doing without having to create a bunch of crazy questions depending on what you're going with. And they already have some cool interactive progress to kind of build up confidence of your learner. So that way your learner maybe is feeling a little less nervous and it's easier for you to start um, scaffolding out English eventually. Um, Because there's, there is something to be said about feeling confident in the language you're speaking. You may speak it wrong sometimes, (laughs) but at least you'll keep going back The where people get cut off in language learning. I think a lot is because they don't feel like they're making progress and they just give up. Yeah, um, be like, I'm never going to learn this language like yeah. so. And that's actually
0: yeah. where one of my mottos from martial arts uh, teaching and learning really comes in play, because with, with language acquisition, you, repetition, we've already said is key. The motto from martial arts is if you do it wrong, do it strong it's a, it's a confidence thing. It's just the comfort of like, well, you're gonna say something wrong once you might offend somebody like Josh and I were talking about at the beginning (laughs) of the episode. You might, you might think you're saying yellow and actually say orange, like you, you, things happen, right? But the idea is you gotta try, you gotta put yourself out there. It takes a lot of vulnerability, uh, but it's really, really important. And I think to kind of get to some of the technical stuff with, with Duolingo, if you're going to use it, I think it really will help bridge the gap for students on literacy ac- acquisition it's going to help them with their reading writing vocabulary it's totally free for nine out of 10 uses, right? Like you can just tell students, pick up Duolingo, start using it. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to make sure you're kind of respecting copyright. If you're, if you are using it in an academic context, I'm not sure about the lines there. We want to make sure that we've kind of mm-hmm. read the terms of service before we do something like that, because they, they actually have a Duolingo classroom. There's like a Duolingo plus that yeah. you can They do.
1: Well, to. they have some of this. So I was looking into this. They have the classroom features and you can use a lot of it for free um it's the where the plus is is they're like and this is why I, I like tools like this they're they're adamant about themselves being free but here's what they do um classic google move um which is uh we're free but if you pay for plus you don't have to deal with any of those ads um that's sure. essentially what it is so they do have ads in their system and uh so plus basically as far as i can tell is basically like hey you can continue using this, but not have to deal with any of the annoying ads. Like it's right. essentially really what it is. Cause I was doing a bunch of the classroom stuff when I was testing it. And there were not a lot of restrictions on what I could do. That's awesome. Um, and it, that's because I think they, they are, they're making money off of ads right now for their not plus and sponsors so like, and, and sponsors thing, yeah. and relationships. And they are a solid tool out there. They're one of the main names. I mean, there's several big names in language yeah. um, trainings online and tools like this um but duolingo is one of the big ones so i think i think it's a solid tool if you're gonna you could jump into it i think it's it's not that hard just create an account start playing around with some of the stuff that's there you can use it to a level where like you just get your students to go in and start learning certain levels um I say you can experiment with some of the classroom stuff. Essentially, the classroom, for as far as I can tell, is really like just taking the stuff they already have and basically organizing it a little bit better. Right. Like choosing to,
0: choosing your choosing like, progression.
1: what your students are gonna have, and they're they're pretty nice. They have like a PDF instruction that you'll get when you set stuff up that tells you how to get students in. Um, oh, it's like cool. an invite link. You can either put them in by name, or there's actually like a link you can send to your students. So like if you're using this and pairing with a course online that you're doing um, somewhere, you can easily I think link. To Duolingo stuff from your course um, or integrate it directly in what's going on. I mean, there's a lot. You have options in general. I think this is a pretty solid. It's got a history. It's been around for a while. Oh yeah. They seem pretty adamant about being free. Um, they're just going to show you some weird ads sometimes. So if you don't like that, maybe find a way to get Plus. But um, I think it's a solid tool. I think it's it's a good good usage.
0: Yeah, and and um, I've primarily used it in the mobile app. I know it's completely supported on desktop now and stuff like that. So it wouldn't be hard for you to deliver this, make sure that it's accessible. There really, really isn't any content that I can think of in my use of it. um, That would be inaccessible. You know, you, you, you'd want to test it of course with a screen reader and stuff, but there's not a lot of video content, for instance, Mm -hmm. almost everything is audio. Everything is text. And so in those audio instances, we might need to be sure that we could get transcripts for students who can't hear. Right. If there's yeah. a there's hearing deficit, but otherwise it'd be, it'd be really good. So, um, that's, that's a crazy episode, man. We dug really deeply into this, uh, yeah. forgive me, probably another soapbox moment with the, my interests in language acquisition. No, but. I
1: love the soapbox, man. We need to create like a, uh, a series for high tech You're throwing out ideas. Now, um, we need to no Siri. I didn't say you it's okay. Um, <laughs> we, need to, we need to throw out a series where it's just like, you know, We'll soapbox. Ten minutes. You know what I mean? Just (laughs) throw out ideas.
0: Lowbrow high-tech. High-tech lowbrow.
1: lowbrow. Whatever.
0: (laughs) Uh, We'll come up with a name for it some other time.
1: We're we're workshopping it right now, people. Just hang on.
0: (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks for another week, another episode. It has been great to uh, spend this time with you. We hope that this has been informative. We hope that you consider using Duolingo if you're looking into even just personal language learning uh, needs. We are always trying to help you. Figure out how to harness technology, whether it's in the physical or virtual classroom. We hope that you'll tune in to us next week. And make sure if you've uh, got a moment, give us a review on some of those favorites. It would really help us uh, reach other people and, yeah. and get into the ears of other educators like you. This is uh, till next week. See ya. See ya.